The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret recurring subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com slash bonus and use the promo code MANHORE. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, all you clit ticklers, strap-on savants, and fleshlight fuckers? This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. <laughs> I had fun with those ones this week. I, I liked those. Hey, everyone. How you doing? Welcome to my show, where I talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. However, this week's special guest is not one of my former flames, actually. Uh, this week, we have on author Hallie Lieberman author of the book Buzz, a wonderful uh, history of the sex toy. I cannot wait to share our conversation with y'all in a bit. But first, show dates, everybody. Show dates. Okay. Obviously, this weekend is the weekend. It is Manhorcon. And fuck am I excited. It's uh, it's almost here. Kind of nervous. Kind of stoked. I'm going to be meeting a bunch of fan whores. Uh, it's just going to be a fucking blast. Everything's pretty much done and ready, you know? Uh, the, like, the plans have been made. There's no more planning to do. We, we pretty much just got to print some stuff, put some shit in some swag bags, and then Billy needs to not fuck it all up. And now it's time for our segment, Did You Know? Brought to you by HotMovies.com. And now for this week's guest, Hallie Lieberman. Oh, what a uh, what a great conversation. Hallie wrote a book called Buzz, A Stimulating History of the Sex Toy. And I really enjoyed this book. I really did. It it talks about sex toys from an angle we don't discuss often. It's not a history as much of like the sex toy, like the invention of the concept of sex toys, as much as it's the history of like the marketing and the business and legality of sex toys. Hallie's book also covers uh, the introduction of female-owned feminist sex toy stores. It's a great read. I highly recommend it. And, you know, it's not that, it's not like super dense. Like, it's very readable. We had a great conversation. Uh, you know, in this one, I'm going to warn you, there's, a, there's some controversial opinions. So just be forewarned. Uh, it is what it is. Don't at me. Let's talk to Hallie Lieberman. So, like, starting back in uh, the late 1800s, um, Jews who were, like, itinerant peddlers, um, they – one of the things they sold were rubber goods. And rubber goods meant back then uh, condoms and sex toys. And, um, in fact, the the guy, Anthony Comstock, who went after obscenity in the U.S., mm-hmm. At that time, uh, New York uh, Society for the Suppression of Vice, he he was anti-Semitic. And so he would talk about these sneaky Jews um, selling these types of things and like sexual things. And there were the stereotypes Jews were super sexual. So uh, so it's it's really interesting. So they Jews started out then and then um, Jews uh, continued like in the 60s and 70s. So like Joni Blank was Jewish. Del Williams, but two of those feminist pioneers. 
um, in the sex toy industry. You're good, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I just want you want to keep it like a little more in front. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, too yeah. close. All yeah, right. like if if you're turning, maybe turn with a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so there were a lot of um, feminist pioneers doing that. Uh, the founders of Doc Johnson are mm-hmm. Jewish. Uh, yeah. So, so it's a very uh, Jewish industry. Now, Doc Johnson, that was the one tied like with the mob. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Was there a particular mob they were tied in? Like were they were they with my people or with the- they were with I believe Cosa Nostra is that your yeah people? that's the Italians yeah 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 oh man so uh, yeah and the bombing uh, Ruben Sturman bombing a uh, sex toy store that or porn sex toy store that didn't pay him and <sighs> yeah did you have the 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 nudie booths in your book I forget I did I did talk a little bit you mean like the jackoff booths yeah because I yeah. also I, I listened to a podcast recently about that era where they went really in depth about it how like the mob had such a tie to these like to the jerk off booths yeah yeah they did because I mean, it was an all cash business so uh it was all quarters <laughs> so they would carry around these big bags of quarters and uh you know it was hard to trace and that's how you could uh, you know, not pay taxes on this income. And but that's it's how you easy could to launder. It's easy to know who. You just go to the bank. But like, who came in with a shit ton of quarters? Uh, yeah, exactly. You, you know, like every like I don't know, just like mob uh, intern who's like sixteen. They would just like give all of them like a hundred dollars in quarters a piece and send them off to different banks. They got it. I don't know how they pull that off, but uh, yeah, as well. So uh, I'm here. Is it Lieberman? Lieberman. Okay, yeah. uh, I'm here with Hallie Lieberman, author of Buzz. A Stimulating History of the Sex Toy, which a book I uh, was very happy to come across. I actually forget how I got... Did you send me a copy? I didn't, no. I came across... Somehow I got a copy of your book, and I was like, okay, I'm going to read this. And I was like, oh, this is really good. This is like... this is It's stimulating. Quite stimulating. Thank you. Um, it, why don't you tell us a little bit about the, about the book? Okay, so the book, it starts 30,000 years ago with kind of like these... Uh, dildos these stone dildos from uh, ow <laughs> yeah i had the woman from shock rubs in here a month ago oh yeah yeah and i still go ow have you tried those i've never tried not yet okay. i want well i mean look if she had brought if she had offered a free toy i would yeah. have asked for an obsidian butt plug but there was not offered and okay. uh, they're quite pricey for me <laughs> yeah yeah no they are i would try one i just don't ha- i just don't happen to have one yet yeah, well, hopefully she'll hear this and she'll send you yeah. one along. Um, so yeah, those types of dildos are making a comeback. So it starts with those from the upper Paleolithic period, and it goes through to the present day um, and all through the history of sex toys from then to uh, now. Yeah. So uh, so it was really fun to write. It was my dissertation, and I've also sold sex toys. So Yeah, you had like an interesting like attachment to the thing. Well, because I'll be honest with you. When books like this, they're like um like a history of something, and they open with the personal act. I go like, oh, is this gonna be like a, a memoir? Did I get tricked into a memoir? Yeah, yeah. I don't like memoirs. Not a fan of memoirs. Yeah. I find themselves important. So I was like, I was nervous, and I was like, oh no, this is just her attachment to it. And we get into the sex yeah. toys, and then it keeps floating back in because you're talking about the obscenity laws in Texas. Yeah, and how yeah. that you know seemed to scare you and a lot of other people. Yeah, yeah, like sex toys were illegal when I sold them. I mean, it was illegal to sell sex toys when I worked for passion parties uh, in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I was like, what? Because this was in 2004, 2005, and someone from my company was arrested for selling sex toys. And uh, and yeah, it was pretty uh, 
pretty crazy to be doing this and we had to use all these euphemisms and that's where I was like okay what's wrong with America why are we so weird about sex toys and that sort of led me on this journey yeah uh, and are those laws still in effect? Not in Texas. In Alabama, they are. So Alabama's the one state that has those laws. And uh, But Texas has the, uh, they have they have some sort of dildo law. They have something where like, I don't know, a woman recently did a whole protest on like a UT campus where it was like, they have open carry on campus, but you couldn't like have dildos out. Well, yeah. So it was like the Glock's Not Cox campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So those those laws have actually gone away in Texas, the anti-dildo ones. But awesome. these um, dildo, anti-gun dildo protests, I love. <laughs> um, and there's also this artist, I don't know if he's still doing it. You've probably seen it where he takes pictures of Republicans and places replaces their guns with dildos. I have not seen that, but I did see the tiki, uh, the the tiki, the one of the infamous tiki torches shots from Charlottesville. Oh yeah, someone yeah. took the all the tips that were on fire and they replaced them with dildos. Yeah, oh, that was a great shot. That's amazing. I want that framed on my wall. Yeah, but. it's really the only reason I want to learn Photoshop. Yeah, so you can yeah. put dicks on stuff. Exactly. I mean, that's what what is Photoshop for if not <laughs> putting dicks on things? So, so what were these obscenity laws that have, that are now out of only because I fear that they might come back with the way the president oh, administration yeah. is going. So the obscenity laws were um, in Texas. It was like if you have six or more dildos on your person, it was considered a t- intent to sell. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, <laughs> but- <laughs> I, some people like me, I'm um, carry lots of sex toys around. So, um, and you couldn't sell anything for like stimulating uh, the human genitals. So. Basically, it could only be sold for like a scientific or educational purpose. So that's how we would get around the laws saying, hey, this is for stimulating your back. And um, you have to sign a contract saying you're only using it for a scientific and educational (laughs) purpose. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh. It's lame. And I mean, it is tied up with human sexuality because sex toys are more of a thing with guys now. But then they were really just associated with women more so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still think, what do you think? Like, are dildos associated like? Do more guys use sex toys, vibrators, dildos? I think sex toys that are like, quote unquote, for men, because I mean, I own like a little five inch glass dildo dildo that I'm sure wasn't like made for me. Yeah. I I enjoy it. Um, I think men using sex toys is is having its own little revolution. I don't know that. I doubt we use more. Yeah. But I think that now we're being given permission to use them if you're like, say, a straight guy, especially. I think there's. There's a newfound permission to like be a straight guy who uses a butt plug or to be a straight guy who like wears a cock ring um, that vibrate like to to admit that you need some help. Yeah. Or yeah. not even need that. It's OK to just have on have some help on there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I like that pegging is, you know, getting more talked about. Oh, you don't. Oh, you haven't seen my shirt, have you? Oh, I my. I got to so. show. No, no, no. And you shouldn't have. I just it's uh, I just. I, these just came in a week ago. This is my first Man or Podcast t-shirt. That is amazing. And I need I need all of these. I love that. The shirt says, I'm saving pegging for marriage. Uh-huh. Wow. With a couple of wedding rings on it. That that is oh, that is wonderful. I'm I'm a big fan of pegging. I yeah. was happy it was on Broad City and It's coming in. Yeah. Broad City brought in the pegging and then like girls started bringing back ass eating. Yes, that ass eating scene in Girls is one of one of the best. Like, yeah, all the butt stuff is like making its way into the mainstream. Yeah, and I think that's cool. But I also think it's cool that dudes like are cool with, uh, or, or, or are starting to become cool with sex toys, and that like 
there's like kind of a demand being met now. Yeah. Because um, gay men, it seemed like queer men and stuff were always like more comfortable with them. Yeah. Well, um, they're the, the thought of being penetrated was like, yeah, I already do that. Like, or, yeah. that's fine. Or, so that was like a that was like a safe thing. But I think like to be a straight guy to use sex toys on yourself was like, what? I'm not gay. I mean, I think it was enough just to get a guy to be comfortable using a sex toy with a female partner was already a thing where you have to like overcome an ego. Yeah, yeah, that is true. What you think, what my non-vibrating dick isn't enough for you? <laughs> yeah, I know. I still think like, uh, I think in, in the future, men are going to have like vibrators installed under their skin above their dicks. Oh, wait, above above the dick? Like, like I mean, like on the um, pubic bone area. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I, I mean, by I think, like, I wish that's my future, <laughs> like the feminist future where men do that. Well, what if, like, our bodies just evolved to yes. have a little pouch? Oh. Where you can slide, you know, because, like, there's some of those sex toys where you can slide a, a bullet vibe in or out. Yeah, so if yeah. If I had, like, a little on the pubic reef, if I could just, like, slide one in temporarily, turn it on, do the thing, take it out, or put change in there. Oh, my God. Or, yes. Or from Adam Sandler, be like, Hey, you could put your weed in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be great. I think that would be a wonderful evolution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So hopefully, in a, in a hundred years or fa- or sooner. <laughs> well, then, uh, well, you said you you enjoy pegging. Yeah, so is yeah. That a thing you do in your personal life. I do uh, peg in my personal life, and um, I think that like I would only date a man who would be comfortable with being mm-hmm. pegged by me. Fantastic. Well, I feel like it's more for me. It's more like I'm saving it for love versus mar- oh, marriage. Fair. Is, marriage is just a funny t-shirt yeah um but for me it's more like uh there's not much left for me to save for a partner that i'm in love with yeah there's like i've kind of done a lot of things uh it's called man or podcast for a reason so you know i'm fine with like stuff going in me i'm keeping my fingers crossed that tonight that someone is going to be putting some stuff in me (laughs) see how that date goes um is it a tinder date or uh it's an instagram I'm driving the Philly date. Wow, that is that is yeah. cool. She's a she's a sex podcaster and a therapist, uh, like a sex therapist. And so she like made a comment about actually about the shirt. Mm. Said like you're missing out. Mm. I don't fucking know who this woman is. Okay. <laughs> and so there's a little back and forth. Then it was a slide into DMs, and then next thing I know, we're texting and be like, let's make plans. Uh, and she seems very dominant. Oh. Now I'm not subby like, hey, uh, you're a piece of shit. Like, I don't want that. I just want like a kind of almost a uh, like a, a, a caring about me, but gonna put me to work okay. type of dominant woman. So I've got like I, I got to pack up the drawer before I go. Uh, the drawer of sex toys, or uh, yeah, the, B- is it the sex BDS? Drawer. Are you a BDSM person? Or oh no, nice I'm not. Okay, I, I'm not. I'm not. No, nah, and that oh, I think that actually the stuff's in there. I've been I'm reworking my where I store sex stuff. It, yeah, is that a fun factory case? Yeah, so I won. So I've won a couple of sex toys recently. I was at like a raffle, and I won this, um, a B vibe oh. triplet anal beads. Yeah, that, that's um. I was just I was at the Liberator. Do you know the Liberator company in Atlanta? From I think I've heard the name. 
they they make sex furniture and it's all oh yes 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 I'm familiar in Atlanta anyway they sell that at their store and so they're uh, telling me about the B vibe and how it's like I think this was like a rimming does it have like a it's supposed to simulate rimming or maybe, maybe I'm confused maybe on the maybe on the flared base oh, it yeah, also vibrates yeah. I haven't taken it out yet I'm okay. waiting for a special occasion well that's that's great <laughs> I'm very sentimental with my butt stuff <laughs> yeah well that's you know that's what is the butt for right yeah. So I won that at this like event and then I'm getting up to go through and it's an event where it's like predominantly like women and this other gendered non cis dude event. I am very much the minority in the room. Okay. So I win this and people like are laugh. They see a man stand up to win. They they they're like, Oh, good for him. Like or they're like, Oh, how whatever. And then like as I'm trying to make my way through a crowd, they read up off the next raffle number for the next toy, which is this fun factory. Their box was impressive just because it's one of those ones where like it snaps open and closed. And I was like, oh, magnets. Anyways, I, I can't. I love, fig- I love Fun Factory. I visited them in uh, in Germany, the, the actual factory. Okay, maybe. The, oh, there it is. There's the So it's like. That is just a beautiful. Sorry. Oh, wait, this is. Well, this is that. This is the, the this has not been inside anybody ever. I okay. just I literally opened the box. because I wanted to know what. So yeah. there is it this. It's the one where it like it. It's like the shake weight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The shake yeah, weight. The, it's um, a pulsator. Yeah. Yeah. The Stronic by Stronic or something. I don't know. Sure. I okay. have no idea. All I know is that like I they. I won that too. And everyone went from like, oh yeah, guy win butt stuff. Cool. To like, fuck this dude <laughs> winning the toy I wanted. Um, and then I like took it out just to charge it. And then all my roommates, we all took turns like holding it. Be like, it's like a shake weight, but it's a dildo. Yeah. That's a, I mean, I think that's a cool idea for a vibrator. A, a toy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so she, uh, she was, ve- she seems very into putting stuff in men's butts. So I'm like, uh, my fingers crossed. We will see. She seems like uh, my soulmate. <laughs> I, yeah. I hope she might even be mine too. Yeah. That could be yeah. cool. And then tomorrow we're going to the nude beach. Oh, fun. So like, that's our first date is, uh, let's hang out and then go to a nude beach together. Wow. That, that's sounds crazy and fun. Cue the song. This could be love. <laughs> could be love. But uh, back to back to Jews and sex toys. Now, um, so uh, what I loved about the book was not just that it was a history of sex toys, but also sex toy marketing. Yeah. Like that yeah. was the part that I personally found more more fascinating. Yeah. Was just how you just had to fucking word things and had to be medical or educational and different states, different laws. Uh, was there anything that you were most shocked by in your research well what was interesting to me well one of the things i was shocked by was that the hysteria the idea that uh vibrators were invented to cure hysteria is a myth oh it is yeah yeah so that was one of the things i was most shocked by Mm. um but aside from that the other thing that i was pretty surprised by was uh that and it's not surprising in retrospect but uh that sex toys were more acceptable even during the sexual revolution if they were things that uh, men wore on themselves to stimulate a woman. Um, so anything that was to be worn for like heterosexual intercourse, like these pre-Viagra strap-on dildos mm-hmm. men would wear, those were acceptable because they they were called marital aids, they were used in marriage, and it's still like when the heterosexual script, a man's supposed to please a woman. So those were always more acceptable during this time than like, you know, magic wand. That's That's wild to me because we've never seen this in any sort of like masters of sex i don't think i saw it um i stopped after season two but i don't know (laughs) 
like we've never seen like them allude to we've we they've alluded to vibrators yeah and how like oh it's for curing hysteria or they'll say like oh um yeah it's a neck massager but like we, you know you watch a show set in the 50s that's made in the modern era like you know sex toys kind of come up but I've never heard about the the dudes strapping stuff on or the they have sheaths, right? The the cock sheaths, the, like the extenders. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the a thing there, too. too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they had all sorts of things like this. And uh, and they were so realistic looking. It wasn't like, hey, let's improve. I mean, some of them had little clitoral stimulators. Hey, let's improve on the dick. A lot of time it was like, okay, here's just like a bigger dick with a bunch of veiny things made out of, you know, PVC and this is going to please a woman and you know, it's not really um, going to do it. But, uh, but yeah, those, yeah. those were some of the most interesting things. And how recently have the laws relaxed that we can just be like the, uh, the federal laws where like, cause as a lot, a lot of the laws sometimes have to do with like mailing shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, the federal, well, so okay. The state laws, uh, like I mentioned before, just Alabama, that we still have a federal anti-obscenity law, uh-huh. but it's no longer used for sex toys. Um, it has, I think, the most recent the anti-obscenity. I mean, obscenity is not covered under the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most recent prosecution was for porn, um, one of the most recent. So, yeah, not it's not used for sex toys. And that stopped being used, I would say, hmm, maybe... 80s mm-hmm. uh but there were still like vestiges of the comstock act from the 1800s um on there like 100 years later so yeah and obscenity is still so vague i mean yeah just, yeah it's like oh we know it when we see it yeah and uh you know and people always conflate pornography and obscenity and they're not mm-hmm. the same thing and that's a- another issue but i'm scared like trump will start going after obscenity uh i mean there's a huge irony because he's been in softcore porns and all that but uh but yeah, I'm scared that that will, you know, there'll be more restrictions. I'd be more scared if uh, I'd be definitely scared about that if if Pence got in charge. Oh my god! Because you know, then he yeah, that that's all it's going to be. It's just going to be a moral authority for four to eight years. Yeah, no, Pence is in some ways more scary uh, than uh, Trump. It's almost a brilliant <laughs> VP pick because. Pick someone that the liberals actually might be more scared of. Yeah, that's right. Because bef- what he picks Rubio will be like, yeah, you, it, oh, Secret Service. I'm not saying let's assassinate the president. I'm saying like in theory, in the past tense, in a in a fictional world, we could have said, yeah, if we take out Trump, hey, we're just left with this guy, and we could maybe deal with this. Yeah, Pence. I'm like, nah, chance. No, and Pence was uh, governor of Indiana when the Kinsey Institute stopped being really focused on sex and started to be focused on love. And I'm still awaiting um, public records requests about the director they hired for the Kinsey uh, in 2014. Oh, do you think that that had to do with it? I think there's a connection. Yeah, um, they sort of defanged the Kinsey Institute, and that's been... uh, it's been a, pretty controversial. Oh, shit. I had no idea. Well, and by controversial, I mean I wrote an article <laughs> yeah. about it that they were pissed about. Um, by controversial, like you're saying, like, I made it controversial. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they were not happy uh, about the article. But, uh, but yeah, the Kinsey has really refocused to monogamy and, well, the director is really into monogamy and voles, mm-hmm. the little rodents. Voles? The little rodents, who are the only, like, one of the few monogamous animals. But the thing is, they're not even monogamous. They're monogamous for a season, but they're slutty. Like, the next season, they're banging another vole. The same thing with people go to penguins, too. But it's like, yeah. penguins, same thing. It's like, they're monogamous for that, mar- like, that 
that egg situation. Yeah. And then they go and do it with someone else. Yeah, it's not even... They have a lot of divorces, kind of like Americans. Yeah, they're, it's, <laughs> it's similar to humans in that way. Like, yeah. So uh, so anyway, yeah, that's a Kinsey. Oh, shit. Yeah, and Mike Pence. But um, but yeah, and I'm, I'm more, of course worried about Roe v. Wade and stuff, but yeah. that's another thing. We have all, all sorts of things yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah. Obscenity laws have always been really super vague. I mean, they affected not just sex toy industries, but obviously the porn industry and even the fucking comedy world. I mean, we had guys like Lenny Bruce get yeah. locked up in the late fifties, early sixties yeah. over obscenity laws. Um, you got locked up like you got like arrested multiple times just for saying words. And what always sucked was like, you know, whether it be a porn person trying to utilize a, a certain platform that doesn't allow quote unquote porn, but does allow nudity. Or if it's a stand up comedian going on television, they, we just want rules. Just tell us what it is. But the problem would be like, so what's obscene? They're like, I'm, I, I don't really know, or I don't want. I feel uncomfortable saying it out loud. So yeah. it's like, how am I supposed to follow the rules if you won't tell them to me? Yeah, yeah, no, that's it's a big problem. You can't define obscenity. Um, and what is I, my definition is what turns um someone on they consider erotica, and what turns another person on is considered obscenity. Because mm-hmm. you you know people think other people's desires are obscene and their own are fine. Um. But yeah, no, it's really difficult to define that. What do you find obscene? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, nothing's obscene. Well, child pornography. C- careful, because I can come up with all sorts of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay, a really so, fucked up human being. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I, I don't really believe, like, child pornography, I guess, would be mm-hmm. that it. But um, aside from that, nothing. I mean, I think, you know, human sexual desire is so weird um, that people get turned on by all sorts of things, you know? And I mean, that is what it is. It's fine. A- and no thought should be you know, considered obscene or illegal. You know what the the weirdest obscenity thing I find is, um, and this is usually enforced by like credit card processors with, with porn, is they go like, all right, no incest porn. But, but well, because I mean, so oh, oh, real incest porn, right? Or oh, okay. or or if it's depicting real incest, even if it's oh. not real incest, oh, but they'll be like, yeah, but stepson is fine. It's such a weird, arbitrary fucking thing. Yeah. That just ruins the narratives for me. Yeah. Because, like, you're going to throw this thing in that ruins it for me, but you're still making something that's still considered taboo. Yeah. God, that is so dumb. Like, there was a meeting to say, hey, what kind of incest porn are we okay processing payments for? Yeah. And they had to, like, parse it out. That is, yeah, that is, that's absurd. I yeah. mean, our rules are, are so ridiculous. Well, the Patreon, uh, how do you Patreon. That? Patreon thing is crazy. Yeah, that's going on right now. That I have mixed reactions because, like, I make uh, the, the majority of my living from Patreon. Okay. And, you know, there's two things that, it, one, it's not Patreon's fault that porn people can't be doing porn memberships on there. I never thought Patreon was supposed to be for porn. From day one, it's in their guy, it was in their, t- you know, terms of service. Like, no, porn. But they did allow nudity. And that was where some people would try to fudge with that. And I can imagine that porn people who, you know, are already marginalized enough and they can't get people to take all this money that they make and help them, you know, process it. So I can understand, like, there might have been like, a oh, my gosh, finally a place we can kind of be. Yeah. And Patreon for a long time was like, yeah, we're going to kind of turn a blind eye to the porn peoples. And, you know, it's okay. You can do that. Just don't be doing the fucking, you know, you want to do your nudes. It's okay. Um, But the 
credit card pro the payment processors are the ones who are actually saying that this is this you know they are putting the pressure on yeah and so it's not like leaving patreon it's not like there's another place okay you know because like yeah. you go to gumroad you go to they all use the same payments process they all have the same standards so it's not their fault that they're being pushed to push back on that community but it's such bullshit that they like were so wishy-washy about it for years instead of just saying from the beginning like yeah no like this is not what we're having on our platform that's what yeah. they should have done they should have they were too scared to be the bad guy quote unquote and just say like this these are our rules and we're going to enforce them now and now people who thought like oh yeah they have that rule but they don't really enforce it are having the rug pulled out from under them all of a sudden yeah. when they should have just never been allowed on the platform in the first place so that they weren't building reliance upon it yeah yeah so that is kind of shitty to yeah. do it that way yeah um sex toy companies back in the day had trouble getting bank accounts and stuff and that's how all the money laundering like got connected to it too it's like when a real bank when a bank won't take your money then uh you know you don't want to give money to the irs and yeah. yeah i mean it's not the best thing to do but uh that's how it's it got all started. you got left yeah, though it's yeah. like if the mob will wash your money for you then like i guess you know what else are you gonna do you'd be like yeah we'll give them we'll give them 40 percent, but at least we'll have something as opposed to like not being able to process it anywhere yeah. And I mean, you know, it, and it's it's so weird to me that they still have trouble advertising on Facebook and Google. And it's like, I can't advertise. See that button? It says yeah, stay slutty. Yeah, I can't advertise that button. And I don't even have the word slutty in the text of the ad. It's just in the picture. Oh, my God. And I can't even advertise that. That's nuts. Yeah, I mean, that's so stupid. And it's like, what do the people use the internet for but to, like, you know, find porn and jack off to? So, I, you know, I don't know why we're so concerned about a stay slutty button or yeah. anything like that. Or any porn or yeah, anything. Or, yeah, it's like, yeah. what the fuck? Or a fucking dildo. Um, yeah. It's like, why is it anyone's business? Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And in other countries, they aren't as uh, weird as we are about it. Are there any countries that you've found that, like, have super liberal, loose standards on, say, sex toys and whatnot? Um, well, I would say like currently today, I mean, I lived in Germany for seven months mm -hmm. and their view on sex toys is much more open. Um, and in, I was in Berlin and prostitution's legal there. Um, so yeah, they had a, a different attitude, but what, uh, yeah, so, so they're definitely more liberal than, uh, Americans. Mm -hmm. What was, um, have you gotten any um like negative pushback or response to the the book i haven't gotten any uh real negative pushback to the book i mean i've gotten negative tweets uh just about me because you know i'm out there because you exist as a woman yeah. on the internet <laughs> yeah, how dare yeah, you exactly <laughs> um but when i was writing my dissertation oh uh i did get some pushback uh from it, like initially, my advisor didn't want me to do this topic, mm -hmm. um, and he and was why? because he said, "Oh, like you should wait to do that until after you get tenure, since because it's too controversial." Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Well, no one gets tenure anymore. It's very unlikely I will." And Chili's Bar and Grill said they'd always take me back as a waitress, <laughs> so that's my backup plan, and I'm doing it. And he was scared of me, and he was just like, "Okay," <laughs> and um. So that was the initial pushback. And then um, one of my advisors was not happy with the dissertation because uh, he said that a liberated, w liberated women don't use sex toys. And 
Um, so right. That, you, <laughs> you old man, you tell me about what liberated women use to masturbate. Please enlighten me. Exactly. Exactly. So that was... Um, upsetting because it was like i'd worked so hard my dissertation that's what he told me after my defense i mean i passed my defense but then he had like that comment for me in his office and i was like okay thanks Mm. um so yeah that was like and then the person on my committee who was most uh like during my defense who was most upset about it was the one woman on my committee Mm. she she was she said i portrayed uh second wave feminists as like anti-sex and because they are i know i know and i got a fucking shitty gail dines book somewhere on that shelf <laughs> and it's all just like yeah how dare you enjoy sex yeah so yeah exactly yeah. i mean there and gail yeah which which wave of feminism are you in there um, seems to be so many waves. I don't, I don't know what wave of feminism. I'm in my own wave. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't right. even know how many waves there are. Third, fourth. I don't know. All I know is that with my face, I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know. I'm, I mean, I consider myself a feminist, mm. but my own uh, my own strand of it. So so the advisor, the the woman advisor, she was saying that she just didn't like that you portray second wave feminism that way. Yeah, she was mad. She's like, we, we weren't, and like she slipped and put it in like um, first person, she, like <laughs> on one of the notes, like we weren't like that. And I was like, oh, caught you, mm. like you were personally offended. And she was very, she's a lesbian, but like very repressed lesbian. Um, and uh, but I mean, she was. I guess a nice person, but mm. uh, upset about that. So yeah, that was the pushback I mainly got. Um, but aside from that, no, like I, I'm happy that people haven't gotten really upset. Okay, I noticed this. I'm, I'm noticing this too. Uh, I read a different book called Exposure by uh, Dr. Chantel Tibbles. Oh, I know um, of her. Wait, okay, yeah, yeah. It was just she, she's a sociologist. She was studying porn, and she got like a lot of pushback, and even like a lot of struggle getting like funding and whatnot because. You know, it was like, how, why are you do like, why do you one? It was the like, Chantel, why do you want this? You just want to like watch people fuck? Like, what's going on with you that this is what you want to do your PhD on? And then there's just also like an appropriateness of people going like, well, this is an academic. Yeah. Okay. So I, I will have to say along those lines. Um, so I got like a fellowship uh, to at the Smithsonian. And they were terrified when I was there that the Republicans would find out that the Smithsonian had someone who was into sex toys there. So they were really scared um, about that. They didn't want my talk publicized. So I had that kind of thing. Same thing because I do sex, uh, you know, the university isn't that like proud of what you know, that I got my PhD there because yeah. it's sex toys. It's considered frivolous, that whole thing. Right. Yeah. It's something that, you know, uh, helps women out with their sexuality and makes them feel good. Frivolous, not needed. Who needs to know it? <laughs> Dick pills. We need some studies. We got to work on this. We should get funding. Yeah, exactly. Dick pills. So such a serious topic. Yeah. And now we're having the female Viagra is making a comeback. And that which is not, you know, if anyone I mean, do you feel free, feel free to chime in on that. You, you, you tell them. Oh, well, no, I mean, I just think it's not very effective from the mm. studies. Like, I don't think it would be worth taking a female Viagra. I, I wish you could just I mean, I think a vibrator would be much more effective for most women. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about it. Uh, I think it was like 2015 ish was when it was like back up and going and all these studies were out and it was like there's some side effects but also it's like doesn't do much it was like such a low percentage features such a low amount of rise in sex drive yeah it's just not worth it and some women do take viagra like male viagra and 
you know, it kind of worked for them. The so. idea of like a female Viagra thing, I'm all for because yeah. if we've got one, y'all should have one. Uh, I think that I think part of the answer for female Viagra is maybe just like dudes who gave a shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like that, it's like here you go. Uh, here's like uh, you just go to your psychiatrist, you go to your doctor, and be like, okay, I'm just gonna prescribe you uh, a dude who gives a fuck, and then yeah. uh, he will just eat your pussy uh, like your husband doesn't, and then we found the cure. Yeah, cunnilingus. I mean, that's the prescription. The <laughs> that's doctors. the prescription. Oh, that would be great to see on the script. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but you're absolutely right that that would do a lot more uh, than than these pills. So, so, but even before you did the work, you were getting some some uh some resistance yeah yeah absolutely and i mean people think that you're they don't take you seriously that kind of thing yeah. because you're uh studying sex toys and uh are there dudes doing studies in sexuality that get taken a little bit more seriously because like, I, I don't there are dudes doing this there's a um guy at yale doing this uh, uh well i think maybe men um get taken more seriously but what's What's interesting for me was you get taken more seriously if you uh, put theory all around it. Mm. So if you're not writing clearly and you're doing like Foucault and Lacan and like all these uh, theories, then uh, people take you more seriously. But if you speak in plain language, they're like, you know, not as into it in that academy. Similar to marketing sex toys. Like you can market them if you kind of use some shit around it, but don't just like say it's a fuck toy. Yeah. Then that's weird. Yeah, exactly. The same, the same. You're right. That's a good uh, parallel. Huh. And so what what was your, what's your relationship to sexuality? Like, how'd you get, how'd you come to want to go sell sex toys that would then later uh, inspire your, your dissertation? Yeah, well, I've always been really into talking about sex in public, even when I was a little kid. And I called up a radio station. I was like about 10, I think, or 12. And I said, penis, 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 and hung up the phone. It was on the radio. I was so excited. I used to run around shouting penis uh, when I was a kid. Um, and so, and I knew it would get a rise out of people. Mm -hmm. And, um, my mom got to the point where she was like, stop saying penis. And so my cousin and I would say it backwards, sin up. And then, sin up? Yeah. And then they realized, my mom (laughs) realized what we were doing. Um, but so I, and then I really got into masturbation and enjoyed it when I was in, uh, high school and, um, started talking about it to my friends and I was like masturbate I love to masturbate and I got t-shirts about it and we made a team masturbate t-shirt with like an acronym <laughs> motivation agility strength teamwork um so responsibility yeah. banana we misspelled it and we all became english majors um but anyway uh so so I was really into and but when I would talk about masturbation openly especially as a woman people would be like that's sad that you have to masturbate like you should find, you know, um, a boyfriend or mm. aren't you lonely? Like I would get these responses. So that that kind of made me interested. And I went to sex toy stores. I would skip school and go to sex toy stores wow. when I was 16 and they didn't card. And um, where, where were we growing up again? Sarasota, Florida. Oh. Um, and I saw a school employee there one day and uh, I was just fascinated because uh, – that we're trying to improve on the human genitals. Like I thought like if, you know, everything works so well, why do we need all these sex toys? 
Um, and so that's like how I kind of got into it. And were you uh, just hanging around sex toy shops when you were six? Were you like the kid at the comic book store? Like, yeah, yeah. you don't actually buy anything, but you just like kind of like hang around. You're friends with the employees. <laughs> you talk. You be like, ah, you know, I want this. Oh, the new issue of uh, of of whatever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Well, I mean, you know, as a girl, the guys were creepy sure. and would hit on you. Oh, it was so, one of those types of shops. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it wasn't, what, like, wasn't like a Babeland type. No, thing. no, no. It was adult fun shop. Um, but uh. But yeah, so so it was kind of creepy, but uh, but I was just fascinated by it from a young age, and then um, and when I had sex and wasn't, you know, getting off from it, and then I started exploring, and I realized, okay, you know, I can see, you know, well, I, at least I first felt bad, like something was wrong with me, and then I realized, you know, reading about it more is like sex doesn't stimulate women's clitorises, so many women don't have orgasms during sex, so mm. I got more into it through that. Fantastic, and and you have a you have a boyfriend. You have one I, of those. I have a boyfriend. Yeah. yeah okay. You were pres- prescribed one, or just like found one on the street. Um, I I wasn't prescribed one. I found he was my professor actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now we found the taboo. Yes. Yes. And he's much older than I am as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, f- professor from like undergrad, grad school. Grad school. Say, okay. So not from this is PhD. This is after you finished grad school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, this was from, from University of Wisconsin. He was a professor from there when I went there. And what was, what'd you do grad school in? What were you saying grad school? Uh, mass communication. Okay. And he's a professor of history of science. Uh-huh. Okay. And what do you think about all this? Uh, he's very supportive and very open about, uh, this. I mean, his, uh, he didn't used to talk about sex openly, but now he does a lot more. And so he's not, uh uncomfortable well, when, when you're dating the woman who likes to run around and you shout penis, penis. <laughs> yeah. you get forced into it yeah exactly like either you're in it or you're not if it makes you uncomfortable you gotta flee okay yeah and he's comfortable with you just going around and be like yeah and he also likes getting pegged and it's great yeah 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 he is i mean he's used to that i was like when we first started dating i was just a blogger and didn't have as big a platform and then yeah. uh then he, as I got more and more, like, then uh, I would, like, talk to him and be like, is it okay if I talk about this or that, yeah. you know? But he, he's How long have you been together? Six years. Oh, wow. So it's it's long term. Um, and, um, yeah, and my boyfriend before that, so we joke about how now my current boyfriend's going to transition. Because my oh. boyfriend before that transitioned from uh, male to female after I broke up with him mm. after uh, six years together. So we talked about... How like that's the expiration date? Like I emasculate men, and then they become women at the end of my mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine. Uh, I I don't know. The most the closest I got to that was I made out with a lesbian once. Uh, oh, in a gay bar, and then she kind of like stopped the middle, and then she just like ran out the door. <laughs> and then I was like, well, you know, I don't turn women gay, but I will keep them that way. If, uh, <laughs> she stopped and ran need. out the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think she just realized like, oh shit, this is what I'm doing. And I, oh, I forgot there was more of an explanation in that story, and I totally forgot. She's done the podcast because okay. Do you know the premise of this show? I it was like women you'd slept with or something. Yeah, right? anyone, or hooked I, up with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, I hooked up with her like when I was in college, okay. and then I, which is a while ago now, and then she finally did the show, and we went into like, hey, why'd you run out? Yeah, like, you ran out the door, and I thought maybe you were gonna go for a smoke, and then you never came back to the point that like I had to close out her bar tab. Whoa! Like, no, like, like she had her card on file. Bart, I because I stuck around Stonewall like with my friend till later, and the bartender co- calls me over when like they're closing up. He's like, hey, can you close your friend's tab? He's like, ooh, I'm not, I'm not paying. And he's yeah. like, no, 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 can you just like sign her? Th-? I was like, okay. So then I just had her. 
And I knew her name because like I had her debit card. Wow. <laughs> Wait, were you in Stonewall? Huh? In? Did you yeah. say Stonewall? Okay. Yeah, oh, wow, Stonewall. wow, wow. Okay. Stonewall's a good time. Yeah, yeah. And so, wait, did, what was her explanation, though? I need to know about I why. Have, I have to go listen okay, back to okay. the episode. I can't, I don't remember, but I remember, I feel like we got closure on it. Okay, great. I that's think. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I hope she's listening. Yeah, that's why we do this thing. I just like, be like, hey, why, why? Okay, cool. Just getting closure. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so six years with this fella age gap okay and uh and and the pagan yeah yeah fantastic and he you know i we have reverse gender roles so like he cooks for me mm-hmm. um i don't clean i'm not a traditional woman i don't cook i expect mm. men to take care of me oh okay <laughs> i'm like a mixed gender okay. uh fella like I, I expect women to take care of me but like i'm also very much not a man uh, oh yeah yeah what do you mean by that i don't know i have a, i cry a lot uh, <laughs> so does my boyfriend sorry eric but he does which i like in a man i like a crying man cool eric I, we should hang out <laughs> <laughs> apparently we're weird or something yeah. i don't know um i like that but like you know similar to like the one i'm gonna go see tonight like i want someone who i like a leading lady i don't want like a dominant i'm not in yeah. the kink but it's like um there's a vibe and an energy i want to be able to look a woman in the eye and like melt because i know like i am not in control and i'm smitten and i just want to like kind of melt into you and whatever we're gonna do i trust you i'm gonna kind of follow you on this journey yeah. if you tell me if you you know put your 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 finger to my lips and say shh as you like start working a butt plug into me that i wasn't quite expecting like i'm ready for it like i, I just want to follow and i want to do a good job i think my i think my sexuality is good boy yeah you know? oh that's good i just want, like, I just want someone to pat me on the head and say like good boy you did a good job uh, yeah that is great and now i have a question though about this like you you say this person go on date with is a sex uh podcaster as well she has a sex podcast she has she's she hasn't been doing it that long a few months and then she is a sex therapist so would you be jealous of being in a relationship with someone who was also a sex podcaster do you think you'd be competitive i'm just curious about that uh i don't know i'm doing i mean i've been doing this a little over four years and she just started it so i think i have like you know, if she blew up and had like a million listeners tomorrow, yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck, man? I've been working hard at this. Yeah. <laughs> like if she became Dan Savage tomorrow. Sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't think I'd get, I don't think I'd get uh, jealous about that. No. Oh, wow. I'd be like, great. Awesome. Like, got any tips? Like, what? Help yeah. me out. Or you could have just go me, in together. Have me on, have me yeah. on the show. Yeah, Help me out true. here. That's true. That is you know? true. <laughs> you could yeah. be like the couple sex. Uh, yeah. I would, I would totally listen to that. Yeah. I think, I think it would be interesting though, dating another comedian. Cause look, I like, oh, yeah. I think my type, probably is like some sort of queer comedian who's non-monogamous hmm. someone who can be as offensive as a comic can be yeah but like is also sex positive enough that like we don't make those easy hacky shitty jokes um i also just tend to get i just tend to do better with queer women for some reason yeah um and but like with, with a comic there's an interesting thing of like oh well if she's getting more spots than me oh there yeah. could be that thing okay. i know a relationship that kind of publicly broke up in the last like month or two. Um, and she was more successful in her career than he was. And that was definitely like one of many riffs they apparently had. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I forget the comic thing. There's probably a lot of competition in the comic world. There's competition, but it's different. Yeah. And, and like it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be because it doesn't have to be like – I, I mean, it's not like me and a female comic are going out for the same role if we go to an audition. Yeah. But for comedy, just the idea of like, well, if someone's f- 
especially further along than the other and you've been doing it a similar amount of time yeah. that could probably be a riff that i'd have to like deal with but if i was dating a comic who's been doing it 20 years and i've only been doing it almost 10 you know then i wouldn't care because well, like, well of course they're more yeah. successful than me time for the fan horror appreciation moment okay this is the part of the podcast where i like to thank some of the members of my fan horror community on patreon I offer a wonderful fan club membership that you can get uh, for as little as $1 a month and for high as, well, as much as you want to give me, to be honest. Uh, you want to go 50? Go 50. You want to do 100? Go 100. You want to go higher than that? You know, let's negotiate. But, uh, but I want to be able to give a little shout out right now to Austin Struckmeyer. You have a very action-packed name. There's a lot of just action in it. The Struck, the K, Meyer, Austin. Hey. Thanks, buddy, uh, for your membership. Chloe Grant, what's going on, girl? I know you were just a one-month member. You came, you saw, you went, you conquered. I think I I feel kind of like a used one-night stand in a way. It's like, oh, man, she just showed up and used me for my bonus episodes and left. (laughs) But, hey, I appreciate your membership nonetheless. And shout-out to Jennifer Biotti. Who, uh, who describes herself as a domestic goddess by day, which uh, sounds like both a terrifying and glorious nanny that you are, girl. Thank you so much for your support. And you too can become a member for as little as $1 per month and get access to our super secret Facebook discussion group, The Champagne Room, as well as access to bonus episodes of The Man Whore Podcast. Be a part of the community. Get yourself a membership. Go to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Now let's go ahead and wrap up with Hallie Lieberman. Well, speaking of the comic world, like what, I mean, what did other comics think of the Louis C.K. thing? We're like, yeah, like we've known about that for years. We've just been waiting for someone to report it. Like, have you met Louis C.K. or you just heard the rumors? No, 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 no. I didn't. I haven't met Louis, but um, but the rumors. Yeah. Well, because like there was Jen Kirk. I think it was Jen Kirkman alluded to it. And like the comedy publicate like split cider or like comedy news outlets were yeah. reporting a little when she was talking about a big comedian would like force these girls to like watch him jerk off in a hotel room we all knew that was louis ck even though she wasn't like saying it was louis ck yeah yeah uh so we all kind of knew and i was the same thing with cosby it was kind of like oh people knew we we're just kind of waiting for the news to break yeah yeah and so i after the cosby stuff came out my personal opinions i think we all believe he did it like there's no yeah. There's no ambiguity of like whether or not he did the thing. What people are low, what there was some debate about was is the outrage matching the crime? Yeah. Because with Cosby, Weinstein, these are rapes, these are sexual, sexual assaults. I'm defining as just for this moment as something where the hands are being put on another person. Yeah, yeah. Not saying what Louis C.K. was right or even close to okay. Yeah. But there is a difference between what Louis did and what, like, you know, Bill Cosby did. Oh, absolutely. So I think there was a lot of debate for a while. Uh, Obviously, most of the people saying this were dudes. But uh, of, like, are we overreacting or not? Yeah. I think, yeah, Louis going away for a little bit is okay. But I think as opposed to someone like Bill Cosby or 
um, some other sort of like rapist comedian. It's like, I think Louis could come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unless we get something that's like more recent comes out. Because, you know, in the New York Times, everything is like from a very specific time period in the mid to late aughts. So it's all very specific time range. So if all of a sudden something also came out from like 2013, then maybe not. But I think this is something he could come back from later on. Yeah, yeah. He also was like very apologetic. And there was stuff in the article that was showing he was already trying to make amends. Like he was randomly calling people and saying, sorry. Problem is not all not all the instances are out because like, I, I don't know if you remember this. He called one woman to apologize for something. And he, she's like, that wasn't me, dude. Oh, <laughs> No, no. Wrong person. Oh, my Uh, God. That's hilarious. But but he did need to apologize to her, but it was for something else. Oh, my God. He just mixed up. He mixed up the different women he's forced to watch him jerk off. Oh, (laughs) my God. That that shows you have a problem. So he still has some... He's got his shit to deal with, but um, I personally think that come back. I think the other thing was the whole separating artists from art conversation. I think that it should be a separate thing. You shouldn't have to pass a morality test. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. Um, I think the difference between watching Cosby's specials and a Louis special was Cosby's whole comedy was this moral authority figure. Um, Jim Jeffries is a very funny comedian. He's got this great special out on Netflix called Freedom. And he opens with seven minutes on Cosby. And it's brilliant. And he points out the fact that like he gets like lambasted on blogs and sometimes protested by like feminist groups for being like a little bit of a chauvinist. He's good. He's like, yeah, but candid to Cosby. He never said the swear words because America (laughs) wants a good, wholesome, clean comedian who rapes (laughs) as opposed to a dirty, offensive chauvinist comedian like me who rapes very occasionally, like not at all, barely like, yeah. And the, the idea of like, so you can't watch a Cosby special because like, He's saying things that are directly opposite from what he's doing. Whereas in Louis, like whole his persona on stage was kind of a dirtbag. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of a piece of shit. I'm yeah. like an endearing piece of shit. And then he was being in real life, kind of an endearing piece of shit. Yeah. So I think like I can watch his special and I can still enjoy them, and I don't like have this like. Uh, yeah, reaction. there isn't the hypocrisy um, there as much as with Bill Cosby. There's such hypocrisy. Yeah. Do you have anyone else who like you enjoy, but you know that like what they've done has been horrid? Um, I was gonna say Woody Allen, but I don't believe he's really done anything horrible. Mm-hmm. Like I believe his son, who just came out, who said uh, said that uh, Woody didn't uh, molest his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but n- no, I mean I'm I'm kind of okay with watching like Aziz Ansari. Like I didn't think I, I felt so bad for him actually with that whole situation yeah that was just uh i mean that whole one was just like oh this seems like really bad non-communicative sex and both of them should have to take a cup uh, they should both have to take a seminar his should be a little longer my beef with aziz was that like dude you wrote a book yeah exactly that was bad i love that book as well um yeah no he should have i mean he shouldn't have constantly been yeah if it was Jim Jeffries, you'd be like ah but it's like dude you wrote a book with consent throughout the whole thing yeah yeah you know better yeah um but you know i didn't think it was anything like criminal um it, it's just interesting having to separate those things yeah uh, and then figure out who you know which ones you can which ones you can't you know same people who tell you like we i'm not watching a louis ck special ever again i'm like how's that john lennon poster doing in your your college dorm room 
Yeah. Oh, you enjoying it? You so so all all we need is love. Yeah. All you need is to also hit Yoko apparently. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Like if you add time to it, it seems like okay, you know, like people who like abuse their spouse yeah. but they're dead. Yeah. And that's why I think someone like Louie can come back eventually. Yeah. Maybe that's five years, maybe it's ten. But I think that you, he could hopefully bounce back. Also, he was also like very outspoken about certain things where it's like, okay, it seems like this was a period of life that he hopefully moved on from yeah. and, and has learned better. And hopefully we'll just, you know, I don't know, do whatever he's got to fucking yeah. do. I don't know. I feel very nervous talking about this. I'm going to get yelled at by somebody I know. Oh, I'm sure I will too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You said Woody Allen probably didn't do it. You're actually worse than me right Yeah, now. yeah. This is refreshing I... for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a huge Woody Allen fan, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I used to think that he molested. I mean, I had misinformation. I thought he was, um, that that was his stepdaughter, Sunyi. Mm. And my, my friend is a neighbor of Woody Allen's. Wow. Um, so I also got a more positive view. She takes like selfies with him. So, <laughs> well, he looks he looks innocent in those selfies. So I don't know. <laughs> so that's that's how I'm judging the whole thing. How does uh, how do you feel conflicted having like certain opinions like this that maybe conflict with your feminism? Um. Yeah, I mean, I know it's like controversial. Like you're supposed to have a party line, um, and you're supposed to always, you know, believe the woman. And I, I don't believe there should ever be party lines. You have to look at each situation, and if, if someone is cleared by the authorities, like Woody Allen was, um, in investigations, then you know, I, I have to take that seriously, and I have to factor that in. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's convicted of rape, that's obviously a different story. Yeah. Also a little different maybe like in today's day and age because I think back then like even now a little bit you know cops definitely lean and be like oh well I mean it is Woody yeah yeah I mean, Manhattan's a great film so I don't know yeah no no one who makes Manhattan can be guilty um but but I do how dare you be so reasonable in taking things situation by situation yeah how yeah. dare you I think whether it's feminism or or you know fucking fascism it's just there's there's no room for making your own decisions yeah yeah i think you have to take things and um you know give people the benefit of the doubt another thing about molesters too um people usually they don't do it to one person and it's not one time so it's usually a more serial situation yeah yeah i mean child molesters yeah it's usually those are all (laughs) those are all the correct sounds to make when thinking about a child molester (laughs) yes that makes that but anyway yeah i don't like keep taking party lines on things all right but you do have a party line on sex toys uh yeah i guess so i well i don't know i don't know oh maybe is there anything you're anti-sex toy on oh am am i anti-sex toy uh no, I mean, I don't think sex toys can fix a relationship. Like some people believe that like a sex toy can transform, you know, a relationship. I don't think a sex toy can fix a bad relationship, but I don't think that's too controversial. Sure, sure. Except maybe the Motor Bunny, which you can get uh, $50 off with promo code. Ma- no, I'm just kidding. People. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it fixes relationships, uh, but it is fucking powerful. Um, Hallie, this is fantastic. Do you have time to do a little bit of a bonus episode? Sure. Maybe in our 10, 20 minutes? Sure. Fantastic. Can um, I drink some water? Absolutely. Okay. Please. Oh, you could have been doing that this whole time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, How about we could do a little talk of like uh, your your favorite sex toys? We could talk like specific toys. Sure, sure. All right. We'll we'll do that for the Patreon people. Okay. Um, But for now, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter at Hallie Lieberman. uh, And I'm also 
my website's hallielieberman.com and I'm also at Instagram at Hallie Lieberman or not at whatever it is. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, I got all those before someone else with my name got them. Good job. Yeah. I'm, I'm the Billy Presida because some asshole is squatting on Billy Presida. Meanwhile, my father, same name, he's now trying to like <clears throat> redo his like socials or whatever. So he's got like his assistant is about to rebrand stuff. So I think they're going to switch to official or real Billy Presida. And then we're just going to fucking confuse some people. Are you junior then? Are I you am bo- junior. Oh, interesting. My brothers are junior as yeah. well. Is it, and is he, in, is he a comedian as well? Your oh, dad? God, no. Oh, he's in okay. real estate. I don't know if he's in the same He's profession. in real estate banking. <laughs> okay, okay. He, he, tries, he called me recently because uh, he was trying to do a, some big, big deal with a bank. I think there's a loan involved. And um, the bank hired private investigators i guess like for insurance reasons or whatever and so the pi is like looking things up obviously finds me and he's like going through like twitter and find pictures so i get a call from my father like hey billy uh so like this thing's happening and no big deal if you can't but like if you could you know could you take off he found these pictures these naked pictures of you on the, <laughs> on the twitter and you know if, if you could take them down that'd be you know, or maybe put something over your penis. I don't know. That would that be good. Uh, and I'm like, I don't want them to not. I don't want them to lose a massive deal because of me. But yeah. I also don't have control over them because they're pictures of me. They're not my pictures. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I did a thing called New York Body Painting Day. So there's just me naked, covered in body paint, with my cock out, and yeah. other people posted them and tagged me. Oh. So like, sorry, dude, I can't help you. He's like, ah, okay. Yeah, and that's all he could do. But he, th- that happens often. Oh God, he seems pretty laid back, though, to be okay with that. I think I've uh, I've put, I've <laughs> I've bullied him into submission about accepting what I do. Okay, okay, yeah. I remember like three years ago, I got a phone call. I um I was in a uh, I get a phone call. I'm outside of my the job I was working out at the time, and he goes, "Billy, did you do a porno?" <laughs> And I had. Um, I did this thing called Team BJ2 with Sarah J and Siri. And they uh, and basically Sarah J came on the – we did a spot trade. It was like, oh, I'll do your porno. You do my podcast. Okay. And so she did the podcast. And that episode then came out. And I guess one of his buddies was searching for him, found the podcast. I guess hers was the most recent episode. Okay. So they heard it, and then he heard that I did a porn, and then they told my dad. And so now his buddies just think it's funny. Yeah, They're like, yeah. ha, because all my dad's business partners are like the kids he went to high school with. Oh. Um, which is kind of cute, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of that. I'll get, like, calls just like, ah, what? Did you say this thing? Take that. You know, but I think he's just like, ah, he's going to do what he's going to do. But everyone, if you look, if you find official Billy Priscilla, real Billy Priscilla, not me, do not tweet him dick pics. <laughs> and don't tweet me dick pics either unless you write my name on it. You know the rule, guys. There's a rule. A rule that someone write your name on their dick? Ladies can send me all the nudes they want. But if a dude uh-huh. wants to send me nudes, my na- they need to take a Sharpie and put Man Whore Podcast on there somewhere. Okay. And then I'm going to be interested in your cock because I'm like, oh, look, my name. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how I do. Don't, But don't send Hallie any dick pics. Uh, yeah, yeah. Preferably. You know, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a good idea. So again, at Hallie Lieberman, uh, HallieLieberman.com. The book is Buzz, A Stimulating History of the Sex Toy. And tune in tomorrow for uh, the Patreon-exclusive bonus episode. We're going to talk some more about sex toys. But for now, I want you to say goodbye to everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. And bye, Buzz. What a great conversation, you know, uh, the, the Woody Allen thing, that's, you know, that's a that's a hot topic for debate, but 
that's one for another for a different episode. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, once again, go get Hallie Lieberman's book, Buzz, a stimulating history of the sex toy. I personally endorse it. I read the whole thing, loved it. Go get it. Want to get something else? That T-shirt she uh, that I showed her that she described on there, the "I'm saving pegging for marriage" T-shirt, is now available. You can go get that at gumroad.com slash podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes, but once again, that is gumroad.com slash podcast. There's also some other fun Manhor Podcast merch in there you can go pick up. And if you enjoyed my conversation with Hallie Lieberman, tomorrow I am releasing a bonus episode available to all of my $5 and up members on Patreon. You know the link, you know the deal, patreon.com slash podcast. I really hope to see some of y'all this Friday and Saturday at the uh, ManwhoreCon comedy show and live podcast recording. I know not everyone has an entire weekend to hang out with me, but I'd really like to see y'all at these shows. It's going to be a blast. And to all of you I'm about to meet at ManwhoreCon, holy shit, we're going to have so much fun. You're all so fucking cool for coming out. It's going to be a blast. I've got a big old hug ready for each and every one of you. If you would like a hug, you do not have to have a hug. Hugs are optional. Consent is key. I love you all. Stay slutty. (laughs) 